Good morning, friends, and welcome to Fashion Friday. As always, I've got a fashion-packed show for you today. Lots of fun trends to talk about. And, of course, some update on the Olympics. And, of course, my favorite, a little bit about the business of fashion. So, let's get right into it. All right, business of fashion segment. What do I have for you? Phoebe Philo is launching her own brand. Who is that? If you don't know, you should. She is a, she's actually very, very famous designer. Um, she used to be the creative director of Celine, the designer brand. Very high fashion designer brand. Beautiful, amazing. Um, basically, she kind of disappeared, uh, Phoebe Philo, and she took like a three-year hiatus. And now she's coming back and she is launching her own brand. It is partially backed by LVMH, which is the world's largest luxury group. So partially backed, meaning she will still have creative control. She will have a lot to her and her husband are, are on board with um, making most of the decisions pretty much. So that's got to feel good for her. Um, and Celine, if you're not familiar, this is, you know, right up there with the best of the best of the other, um, big designer houses. It was established in 1945. Interesting. I found this out that it was originally established as a made to measure children's shoe brand. I didn't know that till recently. Um, and then in 2008, it kind of like died, maybe not died, maybe it was in a lull, that's a better phrase. Um, and, you know, just Celine wasn't on the radar of all the editors and, you know, famous fashion people that walk amongst us <laughs> until Philo came along. In 2008, it was relaunched and she was at the helm. So, you know, and then I can't say enough. I remember when Celine, I, I didn't know. Well, maybe I knew of Celine, but just really didn't give it much thought. And I remember the relaunch of this. It was huge. And it was like Celine, everything. And although I didn't own it, I've never owned any Celine. I definitely have owned pieces that were inspired by, without a doubt. And I really loved it. Um, It was, you know, also a lot of timing, which, you know, isn't that sort of uh, the partial secret ingredient to every success is timing, right? Um, and, you know, when this was relaunched and she was in charge, it pretty, you know, again, 2008, not only were editors kind of everywhere wearing Celine pieces, but street style bloggers were just, think about this, that was sort of the beginning of the bubble of all of the bloggers, especially street style. It, it had been emerging and they were huge fans of this brand. And they, and also kind of the beginning of digital media was, it was kind of transforming fashion communication at that time. So, you know, again, the beginning of social media where it really started to take off, um, you know, things like Instagram and all that stuff were soon, to, soon. I don't remember when did Instagram launch? It seems like it's been around forever, right? <laughs> it seems like it, but it hasn't been. It wasn't that long ago. We were before Instagram, before Facebook, before what was that other one? MySpace, MySpace, Squarespace, MySpace, I think all and all of that stuff. But it really seems like uh, eons ago. So nonetheless, uh, it was timing was great for her as well as obviously her talent. Um, and so her new label will be available in, it doesn't, didn't give her a launch date, but January of 2022. I always say this, even if you say, oh gosh, that's not my budget. You know, I don't buy designer. I don't buy um, haute couture. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you buy strictly ready to wear, or maybe you just shop outlets. Okay, that's fine too. But guess what? 
like the famous scene in The Devil Wears Prada. It all begins here. It all be not physically here. I mean here as in what I'm talking about. It all begins with these top, top designers, um, you know, creating things and that's the top of the chain. And then it trickles down and eventually, um, and I wish I could quote the movie The Devil Wears Prada because I love when Meryl Streep gives the spiel um, to Anne Hathaway about you know, her blue sweater that she's wearing and, and so on. If you don't know, you got to look it up. But that being said, it basically just means everything that we wear started from somewhere at the top. And it is a spinoff or a inspired by or maybe just a copy of something from a famous designer or from from a high end design house. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see her line. You know, she was very, when she was with Celine, she was all about understated and like very minimalist vibe, um, which I like, believe it or not. I mean, if you know my personal style, whether you know me personally or you follow me on social media or my blog, um, I wouldn't say I'm minimalist. <laughs> not, oh gosh, no, I'm over accessorized, uh, you know, queen. So, um, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate understated things. And there are moments where I feel I'm minimal, you know, what's minimal? Well, it's minimal to me, you know, or there are clients that that is their true style. So I will always dress them, you know, sort of minimalist, very understated. I have plenty of clients in this area that appreciate that sort of understated aesthetic. And I do too. And I love, I love dressing people, you know, in obviously whatever suits them. It doesn't, not necessarily what, what I like, it's what works for them. So um, yeah, I'm interested to see what she comes out with and, um, you know, what we can expect from her. So stay tuned for that. All right. In other financial fashion news, Victoria's Secret's billionaire is selling most of it, not most, a very big chunk of his stock. Leslie Wexner is selling his stock in L Brands Inc. That's the retailer, which includes Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works. And bringing his stock sales to $1.2 billion in 2021, he is selling $745 million of stock. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, selling it through a secondary offering managed by J.P. Morgan Chase. I think the sale is final July 19th, I believe. But, uh, you know, why, why, why am I mentioning this? I just thought it was interesting. You know, I always like to look at the business of fashion and, you know, what's merging and what's selling and how stocks are doing, all that stuff. And, you know, in general, retail stock, I once upon a time had a little bit of retail stock. And, um, you know, if you know anything, I, I don't know much about the stock market, but I do know a little bit. And I know enough to know that retail stock is very low, very safe. You know, it's not a big return. You kind of just, you know, you want to invest your money. Great if you're talking just retailers. And um, I find it interesting that not this is not the first one there's been several billionaire insiders who have been liquidating large amounts of stock so that gets me thinking to the next thing like hmm what's happening here is it just coincidence i don't know i mean it was i think it was jeff bezos sold i think it was 6.7 billion dollars of amazon um tony james of blackstone group sold uh i believe it was a stock worth 250 million recently so you know there's a lot of stuff moving lots of these billionaires i mean they're billionaires for a reason right so um i don't know is that an indication of something of what's to come is it more of a a, a reflection of what has just happened 
I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew more about this, but I find it intriguing. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. The other side of this is that Leslie Wexner is 83 years old. He did step down from L Brand's board in May. So following his retirement as CEO. So, okay, maybe that makes sense. He needs to start liquidating some things. His family is still worth a lot of money. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe that's just it. And he's kind of trying to wrap things up and secure things? I don't know. I don't know. But I always find that it's interesting the way the financial world is going, because obviously that affects retail and vice versa. And, you know, coming off of a pandemic, or we're still in it, I guess, um, you know, or the tail end of it, it's going to affect everything, right? It affects everything and everyone you know, um, basically in, involved in this whole retail world, fashion world. So I don't know, but I will keep my eyes peeled for any kind of uh, scoop du jour, as I like to call it, about this topic. So who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Um, and I will say this, too. It's interesting when you see that. I think that, um, you know, when brands group together, they merge or uh, one brand buys that one brand is buying out the other, you know, all of that is part of a bigger picture. I don't think it's just like, you know, Prada, Mutual Prada wakes up one day and says, hey, I'm going to go buy, you know, Fendi or whatever. I'm going to go buy a brand or maybe it will, will probably be a smaller brand. No, I don't think that happens. Uh, you know, it's certainly something that is planned and, um, I'm sure it's not just, okay, this brand's in trouble. How can they look for investors? Yeah, that's part of it. But I do think it's part of a bigger picture. And it also is affecting the way we shop or that's being affected by the way we shop. I also think it is um, tells us in the future, like what happens, you know, is everything owned by, you know, three or four big conglomerates? Is it like that? You know, I mean, do you even know? And just be surprised if you take a brand that you love, do you know exactly who owns that brand? Because I bet you you'd be, you'd be surprised by some of them. Like, well, oh gosh, I didn't know, you know, this brand and that brand's actually made in the same exact factory you know, with the same tools and the same machines and the same leather or whatever, the same equipment, and it's owned by the same people. It, you know, it happens all the time. That's nothing new, right? So it's interesting to me. And, um, it, you know, it's interesting to me uh, kind of the direction things go and, you know, versus uh, the consumer buying luxury brands versus, you know, more household names or more um, lower price point items and the direction of that. And I think I mentioned this before in another show how luxury brands, accessories in particular, were on the rise. Companies like Hermes was having an all-time high. We're in a pandemic. We are, who is buying an Hermes bag, by the way? I want to know. <laughs> it's not me. Um, you know, and other things. So it's very interesting to me that luxury brands, and again, it's not just Hermes, are showing these huge increases in sales from this year, from this year, even the end of last year. I'm like, interesting. Uh, you know, this wasn't just a pandemic in the country. This was, you know, global uh, and still is. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't quite wrapped my head around that. And to figure that out, why? I mean, yeah, there's some easy, quick answers, but um, I don't know. I think there's more to it. So another, a little bit of food for thought, another thing to ponder. Um, but uh, again, like I said, I think this is all part of a, a, a bigger picture and, uh, 
we'll see. We'll see again the way the way it goes. And I have to say, I hope that it doesn't get to the point where, you know, there's just a handful of big, huge groups that own everything. I hope it's not. Because you know what that means. What about the mom and pop shops? <laughs> what about the small, you know, it's just, I think it would be harder and harder for an entrepreneur to get started, you know, for someone to, you know, start small and it, come on. I mean, that's the American dream, isn't it? And so, you know, I know there's good and bad with everything, but um, yeah, I hope it doesn't kind of go in that direction. And it seems like it already is, but um, we'll see. I know, you know, I, I like the thought of a startup company. I like, you know, not just retail, by the way, not just fashion, anything. But, you know, I'm talking specifically about fashion today. So, you know, I'd like to know that um, it's different brands and it's different houses and it's different. Even, you know, I understand brand, it's it's to a brand's benefit to kind of have different, uh, some diversity in their portfolio. I get it. And so, sort of to have different brands under their roof, let's call it. Um, I get it. Lower price point, mid price point. Yes, agree. But to own everything or to own, you know, so much of the of what's out there. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Does it mean I'll stop shopping? No, of course not. Of course not. So anyway, um, actually, I'm going to take a quick break on that note. I have coming up after the break, we're going to talk trendy and we are going to talk Olympics. I promised I'd get back to you on Olympics. Stay with us on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677. Or visit them at adcorpmg.com. Adcorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. All right, let's talk trendy. And specifically, let's talk Olympic trends. So I talked about this on the show a few weeks ago. I talked about Ralph Lauren, who is the exclusive designer for Team USA's uniforms. And I think I spoke about their closing ceremony uniforms, as well as some of like the warm-ups and the things they were wearing while they were competing. They, I hadn't had the chance to speak about the opening ceremony, ceremony uniforms because it wasn't unveiled yet. So it has been a drum roll. It has been unveiled. And um, I have to say, I love it. I, I don't know when I ever don't, when I haven't in the past. You know, it's Ralph, for goodness sake. Um, and I'll say this, by the way, let me pause and say, some of the stuff is currently on sale. Um, it is in stores now and it's online. So you can get lots of sort of pieces that have, you know, the Olympic logo or the, um, you know, the Ralph Lauren. It says Team USA and so on and so forth. There's all different versions. There's T-shirts, there's polos, there's shorts, there's swimsuits, there's dresses, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but the official uniforms, I these are not on sale. What I'm speaking about today, the opening ceremony uniform is not on sale yet, but 
hold on to your britches. So remember, it's in Tokyo. Remember, it's not just hot. It's humid. It's sticky. It's really, really, really hot. So I saw this uniform. The first thing I thought of was, oh my gosh, it's a blazer. Are you kidding me? How hot is that going to be? Well, obviously, Ralph Lauren thought about this too. <laughs> and it is a cooling blazer. What? Cooling blazer. Yes. So, you know, think about this. They had to come up with something amazing. The world is watching, right? And I think everybody would agree that when we're talking about Olympics and athletes and fashion, everyone's always going to look, what is America doing? What are they wearing? What are they doing? Right? Right. So you have to come up with something not just smart and that looks good and that's, you know, sustainable, but that is functional as well. So it is a cooling jacket. It basically looks like a fabulous blazer with, you know, kind of like a crest on the side, the little Olympic logo and all that fun stuff. And it includes a device which allows you to self-regulate your temperature, the temperature. What? I need this ASAP. Okay, it is, so it's battery powered in the back of the neck. I mean, I'm like, is this real? Like, think about this. If someone told me I'd be talking about this on a radio show 20 years ago or when I was a kid, you're going to be talking about a cooling jacket that has a battery pack at the back of the neck, which lets you cool yourself down. I would say, okay, Judy Jetson, what? I can't even believe this. And this, I'm so excited about this. So yes, it has a battery pack in the back of the neck, helps you self-regulate the temperature. Um, in addition to this cooling blazer, the athletes will also be wearing, there's a t-shirt and then a really cool printed silk scarf. And of course a mask because it is still a pandemic. Um, all materials have an element of sustainability, which is fantastic. And, uh, again, will not, will go on sale to the public, but eventually. So I'm thinking, well, yeah, they really probably have to I'm sure this is perfected if it's going to the athletes, but think about it. You know, if they're going to mass produce this to everyone, you know, this is, I can't even imagine how this is going to be. I mean, I could imagine, but I'm like, well, how's it going to be comfortable? That's my first thought. Of course, we can imagine things. Technology has been, you know, slowly but surely becoming more and more infused with fashion. We've, I've seen it before. But practicality, comfortability, how is it going to be cared for, all that kind of stuff is, you know, the questions in my mind. So um, it's going to be very interesting, and I cannot wait to see this one. I have a feeling it'll be a little while before it's uh, pushed out to the, to the masses, but for sure sometime after the Olympics, I would, I would, one would think, right? I will report back. Trust me. <laughs> I will report back. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, looking forward to seeing what they're wearing, um, the opening and the closing. This jacket is going to be phenomenal. So if you're going to watch the opening ceremony, make sure you know, hey, whoever you're watching them with, did you know that's a cooling jacket? Trust me, you can, you can, you can use my information. You're going to sound very hip and cool if you use this. Did you know that's a cooling jacket? It's got a battery pack in the back of the neck that allows you to self-regulate the temperature. Yes, you are, trust me, it's a great, great bit of conversation, right? So, um, I, I just, I, I can't believe it. I can't say enough about it. So once again, Ralph does it again, and uh, will be interesting to see all the other teams. As I've said before, I feel like the opening ceremonies is basically the red carpet 
for the world, right? For the Olympics and for each country. It's the country's red carpet because everyone wants to see the team, their smiling faces, but everybody looks at what they're wearing. I mean, let's face it, right? Everybody does. Um, and you know what kills me the most? They come out alphabetical. And I'm always like, oh, you know, there's a moment where I'm like, all right, I'm going to get another cup of tea or I'm going to get a snack. Let me know when we're getting close to you because United States is at the end. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of other teams. Not that I don't want to see the other teams. Of course I do. But I get impatient waiting to see, you know, our own country. Um, Good news is, you know, uh, the British team is is sooner. So I have that to look forward to. Um, I like to see France. So they're obviously more towards the beginning. Um, Italy as well. I kind of like to see what they're wearing and, and who's who's wearing what. I also like to see all those like Caribbean countries that very, very colorful looking uniforms. And, you know, it's always sort of a symbol of something, whether it's colors from their flag or something to do with their land and their environment and their country. So that's always fun to see. But yeah, I start getting impatient somewhere around, you know, the letter G. <laughs> Can we fast forward to the United States? But um, yeah, so excited for that. I have to say, usually by the end, I don't always watch the closing ceremonies. Um, I try to. Usually depends on my schedule. Um, but I think I don't know if it's because I'm, I've watched so much of the Olympics, I get kind of you know exhausted from it all. Um, but yeah, it's and it's very different. It seems like it's a very different. Um, energy, even though I'm watching it on a television screen. I don't know if you, do you agree with that? I feel like it is. I feel like it's very different energy, um, you know, positive for the most part, but just different because, you know, at, at that point, things have happened. Good things, bad things, you know, some sort of trauma might have happened or some sort of drama might have happened, um, you know, and so be interesting to see that. Looking forward. If it starts soon, I think it's next week, the end of next week, I believe, uh, end of July. So looking forward to see that. All right, let's chat about what I'm loving right now. What am I loving? Summer trends right now. I've highlighted just a couple of things I wanted to share with you today and what I'm I'm actually wearing personally and how I'm wearing it. Because I thought, oh, these are fun, fun twists. You know, I take a look at my closet every year and I pull out a lot of things that I wear year after year after year, you know, whatever season it is. And then I'm usually adding things to it. And there always seems to be one or two things that I'm loving each season that's different. And then, you know, I have all my other things. I don't, I don't get a whole new wardrobe, of course. I wish. But I don't. So a couple of things I've noticed that are actually trending right now. But regardless, I'd be wearing them anyway. Because again, I'm not I'm not so trend driven. Um, It just again, it just means it's trendy. So accessibility, you know, you might find things everywhere, You find something more accessible and more affordable. So tennis skirts, I am loving and you don't have to play tennis to wear a tennis skirt. And I'm not talking about, you know, just looking like you're headed to the court. Well, you could be, but I'm talking about incorporating it, it into think about it. It's a skirt you know, or like a pair of shorts. So it is a summer piece. And if you pair it with something else, you know, it doesn't, and it doesn't necessarily, it could be sandals, could be a little little pair of flats, but like open-toed flats. Um, you know, a cute little sandal, a cute little sneaker, doesn't have to be a tennis sneaker. I am loving, I am personally wearing a lot of tennis skirts. I do play tennis from once in a while and from time to time take lessons when I can. Um, so I have actual tennis skirts for that, but I also have tennis skirts that I bought 
for not playing tennis. Like, so it's a tennis skirt, but it's not necessarily that material. So it's not, you know, moisture wicking. It's more of like a knit or more of like a little, almost like a Chanel type of boucle fabric that it would really be too hot to wear to play tennis, but it, it's the look of it. So when I say tennis skirt, I don't necessarily mean an actual piece of athletic wear. You know, it could be just the style of it is like a pleated skirt. And I'm loving it just with a really basic tank top or a t-shirt and any pair of sneakers, really, whatever sneakers you like, whether it's athletic sneakers or it's just a little kid um, or like I said, maybe it's a little sandal. Um, that's what I'm wearing right now. And I absolutely am loving, I'm loving it with a little, uh, like a tube top or a little strapless top since it's been so crazy hot lately and like a little cardigan thrown over my shoulder. So I know it sounds very country club, <laughs> but, um, I do love it. Also been loving flowy wide leg pants, very comfortable, very easy breezy, just very flowy as opposed to a dress or jeans. Gosh, no packable straw hats. I'm absolutely loving right now. For obvious reasons, they're packable and they're so easy to take on vacation. Hopefully you're going somewhere soon. Um, oversized linen blend shirts. Now I say oversized and I say linen blend. Notice I said that. So two things, more affordable when it's linen blend and washable. So I'm a fan. I love linen. Yes. But as we all know, it wrinkles very easily. Linen blend shirts wrinkle less and they're just easier to care for. And personally, I would rather wear something less expensive. I don't have to worry if, you know, it gets ruined or it gets something spilled on it. Um, you know, if I'm wearing it at the beach and it, whatever, or as a cover up, I mean, it could be so versatile, you know, I haven't spent a lot, spent a lot on it. So, and I say oversized because I kind of like that sort of menswear look that kind of borrowed from the boys look. And here's how I've been wearing. You would not believe the different ways I've been wearing oversized linen shirts. So favorite way is over a pair of leggings. Yes, ladies. You know, I'm always saying I hate the running around in leggings all the time. That's not really me, but on the weekend, occasionally, I might be. So I throw on a long, big, oversized linen shirt and then belt it. So I still get that little hourglass look. I don't look like I'm swimming or wear or actually wearing a men's shirt, but it gives me an oversize. It covers my bum, you know, and, and I get to wear a cute little belt with it. And then whatever shoe, either it's a sneaker or I like to wear my Stella McCartney creepers or some sort of big wedge, like a wedge, like a sandal, um, look, could look cute too. So, um, yeah, I really have been loving that. Also, silk scarves I've been loving. Why? Again, versatility. Wearing it in my hair, wrapping my hair up in a bun, wearing it around my neck, just tying it around your handbag. It's amazing what something small like that can do. Like a little, just a little piece of luxury, a little silk scarf, a twilly, as you call it, wrapped around the handle of your handbag. It just adds like that just little pop. And I don't know, I just think it's something nice. And again, it can also be worn through your belt loops as a belt. Um, or the traditional way around your neck. Also on my list are men's inspired trousers. Loving this right now. So I say men's inspired. So still women trousers, okay? Wide leg trouser, but sort of men's inspired. So it looks like a suit. It looks like it's, it was part of a suit. And then pairing it with a t-shirt. This then keeps it casual, keeps it summertime. The, tr the trousers can be in fun colors. I have a pair of yellow wide leg trousers um, that are definitely men's inspired and wear it with a t-shirt and a pair of sneakers. You're ready to go. I love, love, love this look. Um, yeah, so that's it. By the way, that's a great transition 
for into fall. You know, I'm talking about fall because it's July. <laughs> anyway, so those are the things I'm loving right now. Hopefully you'll um, take some inspiration from that. I also want to remind you before I go, don't forget the Nordstrom anniversary sale is starting soon. It is July 28th and you won't want to miss that. Thanks for joining me. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH. Go, go, go.